Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell. Is there somebody here who's quite sensible and got it all together? Thank God, yes, there is. It's Gemma Atkinson, everyone. (laughs) So I've not not got it together, semi-got it together. We're delighted to be partnered with Swan here at the Hot Mess Mums Club and be able to tell you about their stunning range. Swan are a British homeware company that sells stylish home essentials including kettles air fryers and microwaves for 20% off swan's gorgeous products head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code hotmessmums20 the hot mess mums club with swan celebrating 90 years of magic moments <laughs> you always look so composed you are one of those women Gemma, who is i'm telling you now you might not know it but you are in control well do you know what i i'm i like to think i'm like a duck so on the surface i look like i'm in control but underneath <laughs> it's a hot mess underneath <laughs> perfect well we've got just the podcast for you then yeah. funnily enough how are you how is everything going i haven't seen you for so long and obviously we have you know, a family now and all sorts going on. So a lot has changed. A lot's changed. It's organised chaos. It's exhaustion, but <laughs> somehow get through it. Uh, constant worry, constant stress, but in a fun way as well. It's kind of, I don't know what I did before Mia came along. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because I always thought I'd miss, you know, my previous life before being a mum. But I kind of, this is life now. There's nothing, it's weird. I can't really explain it. Um, But it's kind of a, she's the the most perfect little worry that I have now forever. And it's wonderful. And that never, that never ends, by the way. You know, we think, oh, you one day you'll grow up, you'll leave home. It just doesn't. It's just different things to worry about, Gemma, as they get older. Yeah, (laughs) And it's, it's, it is true. You look back and you think, what did I fill my days with? What was I doing? Like, I feel bad when I used to say, I've not got time, because now I really don't have time. <laughs> you, know, it's kind of, you know what it's like. And when, I, when my friends who don't have kids go, oh, I can't, I've not got time, oh, I'm too oh. tired. I go, what? I know. My brother does that all the time. I'm so busy. My life is so busy. And I'm like, you're joking, aren't you? You've got no children. You do nothing. How is your life so busy? But I don't think people get it unless they have kids, what it's like. And, and the whole motherhood thing, do, does it make you look differently at your mum? You know, um, the yeah. role that she's had, did, did that change the whole dynamic the minute you had a child? Yeah. Well, she said to me, you'll now understand how I feel about you and Nina, my sister. Mm. And you do straight away. And it's it's kind of weird because I, I, I have always appreciated my mum, but even more so now because she's done it twice. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you, you, you know, you've, you you did it with one child and you did perfectly well. And then you thought, oh, we'll do it with another. And it's just, I just think it's wonderful that, you know, if I'm half the mum she has been to me and my sister, I'll be happy. Because mm. she always says to me, I'm your best friend, but with boundaries. And I think that's stuck. And my best friend is in, I can go to her and talk to her about anything, but the boundaries are there for when I need putting in my place, when I need telling no, or that's wrong. 
that's how it's always been. And that's what I want to have with Mia. Mm-hmm. I want her to be relaxed enough to come to me, but also scared enough to know that she can't take the mic either. She has to be in at a certain time and all that. Yeah. That's what I'd like. You three have a very close bond, though, your mum, you and your sister, because you lost your, your dad yes. early on. And that is very difficult when you, you lose a parent. And I know, like, with my nan, she's kind of raised Adam and I, and we are so close to her, you know, because mm. it's been us three for yeah. a long, long time. So that bond becomes even closer, really, than it would be in a normal dynamic because she's Absolutely. had that loss and... You, you just have each other and you get through it, don't you? And I, th- I think it's, again, an admiration of how strong my mum is because you think you lost, you know, I mean, they weren't married at the time when my dad passed, but they were still close. It was amicable. Mm. So you kind of lose someone who you were married to for over 25 years. Yeah. You have to be strong for your children. And, you know, at the time I was 17, so I was going through through my things. My sister was, how old? My sister was 26. So again, but my mum was trying to keep it together for us and she was having her kind of grieving process, you know, separate from us because she wanted to put on the kind of keep calm, we'll get through it. And again, it's that whole admiration that so many people go through Mm. and I can't think of anything worse than having to tell your son or daughter that my dad's not coming home again, you know, especially when... The, the young, I mean, we were lucky. We had, I had 17 years with my dad, but for a child who doesn't understand what passing away is, you know, it must be incredibly hard and so many people go through it, you know, and I just take my hat off to those parents who are still doing it alone and, and getting through it because it must be, must be so hard for them. And you do realise, don't you, I think, when you have your own... I mean, I know you're really, we all know how fit and healthy you are and you're a great role model for that. But you realise when you've got your own, about your own mortality, I think, and how important it is for yourself to be, you know, the best version you can be, especially when you've lost a parent, because you think, I've got to be here. I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, we can't always control it, but, you know, there's that thing, isn't there, I think. Yeah, and it's the whole, my mum always says to me with, with children it's monkey see monkey do she said she won't do what you tell her she'll do what she sees you doing mm. um so it's that whole kind of you know when I go in the gym I always sometimes bring Mia in with me and afterwards we'll play around a bit I'll do my best to get her outside playing you know it's she loves things like Mr Tumble and all that but it's <laughs> limited time she's allowed to watch it Although when I was hung over the other day, it was sunshine outside, but I was like, go and watch Mr. Tumble for six hours. <laughs> How long as you like. Fine, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is kind of drilling those those good habits into them um, when it comes to food and stuff as well. You know, she's she's got a really good palate at the minute. I'm told it'll change when she becomes a, they call it a three-nager. I've yeah. been told when she's a three-nager, she might be like just wanting beige Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's chips and br- it's very hard. Yeah. yeah, you can, because I think for so long you can control them when they're so young, you know, mm. especially when you start them on food and you're doing it all from scratch and you're, you're patting, you're thinking I'm doing so brilliantly, they're having yeah. all the fruit and all everything. The yeah. yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden, I mean, Ava's nearly eight and literally she would just live on pizza if I let her. And often I sit down, I'm like, what have I done wrong? You know? Yeah, you've set up yourself, haven't you, to do all these things like you you think, and you free, do you do the frozen cubes? You've done all that and you freeze all your processed, you know, once you put it in the food processor and then you put it in the freezer and then you've got your little, yeah, organic sort of cubes of fresh veg. And you do all that and they love it. And then whatever happens, I'm not being funny, but then they just go, nah, I'm over that now. I'm going to do my own thing. 
Well, my it's sister pointless. took McDonald's the other day. It was yeah. the first time she'd been McDonald's. My sister took her and I was a bit like, oh, I don't want her to eat that. And I said, did she like it? And she said, no. And I was like, ah, yeah, good. And uh, my mum went, give her another couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> then she'll love it. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you just can't control it, though. It's 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 difficult, and I think we, what we all do is we blame ourselves. We're like, oh god, what have we done? But then I look back and I think, no, you know, I was a stickler with with Ava Lily. I was so strict with her that you know, and I eat really healthy. But she just she's going through that phase every night. You know, pizza. They'll go in and out of it, and I think. Then you get the next phase, which is the real sort of teenage phase, maybe later on where, because I think a lot of young people now, a lot of them are very conscious about, you know, health and fitness more yeah. than we think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that that's uh, hopefully some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of saving grace. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I'm like the old mum, Gemma. You're not. No. Well, Connie's twenty, and I look, and I sort of I could tell you what's going to happen next. And Polly's twelve, so you know, I can, I can sort. I'm a mate. I'm just doing the, you know, I'm doing the recce for you. How's Gort getting on with it as a fatherhood as well? I, you know, is it, are you a good couple in that respect? Is it sort of like 50-50 when it comes to parenting skills? Or yeah, I mean, she's going through a phase at the minute where she only wants me. Ah. Which half of the time I find really, really cute. And then the other mm. half, it's like, no, you need, I need a little break. But Gorka's lockdown's been great for him. I know for a lot of people it hasn't, but he's had both these tours cancelled, which obviously have been annoying when it comes to work. But he's said, I'm never going to get this time back with me. So yeah. he's been at home now for nearly two years. He's going to start his Strictly rehearsals in July. So we've got June and a bit of July and then he's away. So he's just loved the fact that he's been able to be there because it would have been him coming home maybe every five, six days for a night and then going away. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have done me a, any good. Mm. Whereas when he goes away in July, she'll she'll be two, so she'll be able to understand he's gone to work and he has mm. FaceTime and he's back. And But she is quite clingy at the minute with me. And mm. I don't know what it is that's caused it. She just... I'd be cooking. She'll just come over and ask for a cuddle. And yeah. Up. And right. in the morning, when I when if he goes in in the morning to get her out of a cot, she says, "No, mummy, do it. Mummy, do it." Oh. Yeah. So. That switch. They switch allegiances. I think you, as parents, you go through that phase where one of you will be the favourite for so long, mm-hmm. and then you'll get a rest. It'll come. It'll be. Yeah. Good. You, you were saying that he goes back to work. So there was this, it was 87 days, wasn't it, where you were yeah. apart. So yeah. how that, so basically it was FaceTime and FaceTime, how did you survive yeah. that? It was, I mean, I'm really fortunate that my my mum and her husband, Peter, are retired and they live around the corner. So I got help with that when I was working. Uh, she's in nursery three days a week. So she was busy in herself. But it sounds ridiculous. We used to watch Strictly at the weekends and we used to record it. And if she was ever missing him, we'd just put it on and she'd say, oh. it's Papa, it's Papa. Oh. So she kind of, she'd still visually see him, which I think is a massive help. Um, but I think he struggled a lot more. Yeah. He, you know, he obviously away from Strictly, when the cameras are on at Strictly, they have to put the face on and it's all, you know, the glitz and the glam. But the show would finish and he'd FaceTime in his car back to the hotel. Yeah. He'd be being driven back to the hotel and he'd be in tears nearly saying, I just want to come home and... And I'd be like, the dance was really good. And he'd be like, yeah, but how's Mia? What have you had for tea? What, you know, and it's kind of, it's it's a job that he loves, but it was hard for them all that series. But I think 
the nation needed that series. Although it was tough for <gasps> yeah. them, it was normality for all of us as yeah. spectators. Mm. Yeah, I think it was brilliant. Hopefully, fingers crossed this year. So far, it's going ahead as normal. So far. Right. We're yet to hear otherwise. So fingers crossed. And she'll be able to come and visit him this time. I'll take her down to the set. It'll be great. Well, it's lovely because obviously that's how you two met. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a lovely romantic tale that I always think, mm-hmm. you know, because there you were with Ali Ash doing amazing, you know, and, and he was there and, and that's kind of how it happened. It was your turn on stream. Yeah. met him like that. So there's something lovely to tell her about that when she's older. Yeah, nice. But you'd sort of cross paths, well, not cross paths, but away back when, hadn't you? In uh, was it in the Caribbean or something? When you started to, to, you you sort of discovered later on, yeah, same place. We we worked out. I went on holiday to the Caribbean, like you said, it was um, Bahamas, and I was in um, a restaurant called Senor Frogs, Mm. and it's a like a really funky kind of. It's not posh at all. It's kind of your tacos and your beers. It's perfect for me. I loved it. And I was there and I was dancing away on the dock and a cruise ship came in and docked up and Gorka was on that cruise ship working. Whoa. So we were like literally meters away from each other, but didn't realize. And it was a year after the same, the same kind of time we met, but in Strictly. And it was only because I was showing Gorka my videos from the Bahamas and he said, hang on a minute, is that whatever ship? And I said, yeah. And he got his phone out and matched it up. And he said, I was, I was dancing on that ship. So it is kind it's of weird. How yeah. yeah. Fate. How things happen, yeah. Are you quite a spiritual person? You know, do you believe in all that, that stuff? Definitely. I always, I always think, like, that if something's meant for you, it won't pass you by. And I always, I always take things as... You know, people say, oh, you, the glass is half empty, the glass is, glass is half full. I always think that's irrelevant because the glass is refillable anyway. So th- it doesn't matter what side you're on. Um, there's always room for less or more. But I just think, because certain things have happened in my life where at the time I've been devastated and thought, oh, God, but now I'm so grateful that it didn't work out that way because so many other things wouldn't have come off that one thing. So it's kind of the one sacrifice, which at the time was horrendous, has led to 10 more amazing things. So I do always believe that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm well into that. And I, can't, I think that keeps me sane in a way. It keeps me believing in something else, which I think is good. Um, you two are getting, you're engaged as well, aren't you? And I know that you're not girly girl and you're not sort of, you know, so yeah. how was, are you planning anything yet? Or have you just sort of said to each other, we'll know when the time's right, you know, because yeah, lots we've... of girls go crazy, don't they, over weddings? Yeah. But... Well, a few people have said to me, like, what are you thinking dress wise? And what's your first dance? And I, I said, I have no idea. If I could wear a trackies, I would. Um, no, we, all we've said is we'd probably like to do it abroad. Um, so that his family can, because his family don't speak English, my family don't speak Spanish. And we said, there's nothing worse at a wedding than not being able to order drinks because everyone needs to have a drink. It's, it's quite boring if you're a guest at a wedding, isn't it? So I've said, if your folks can't order a drink, it's going to be a nightmare. So if we did it in like Mallorca or Ibiza or Tenerife, they speak Spanish so everyone can get on know, with it. Yeah. Enjoy it. So probably maybe next year or the year after we've said, but we don't want a massive, big do it'll just be a close family and then we'll have a big party when we get back as well what was the proposal like I'm always the proposal I always ask about the proposal I, I love these these stories don't oh. tell me you haven't really got one no we have it was oh, good. well I say we 
he's, he was planning it for about five months, but oh. obviously with lockdown and oh. stuff, yes. um, the, the ring that he'd chosen, it was actually Gethin Jones who helped him get the ring. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> of all people. Of all people. Yeah. It was, um, and because of lockdown, there was a delay in getting it sent over. Ah, so it was it was quite difficult, but we went for a really lovely dog walk, a place we always go to. It's beautiful, a big lake and an old big old house and everything. It's gorgeous. And we went there on Valentine's Day and he took his drone. He wanted to take his drone and fly his drone. And I thought, oh, here we go. He loves because he loves photography and stuff. But I said, well, yeah, it's fine. I, I thought, you know, he's been cooped up. Let's let him out with his drone. And um, we walked down to this beautiful lake and all the woodland and he that morning he hadn't given me a Valentine's Day card, which I thought was a little odd because we normally give each other a card, no gifts, just a card. And then he finally said, oh, I have my Valentine's Day card for you. And he gave it me. And when I opened it, it said to my fiance. So it was a bit odd. And then I turned around and he was on one knee with Norman and Ollie either side of him. So he <laughs> and they're so good. They're so well trained to sit and stuff. So they were literally oh. sat next to him. Yeah. And he'd set his drone up he can control the drone without actually holding it. The drone was hovering behind us. So it was out of sight, out of vision, but it captured everything for us. So oh, you can see my head in my hands, that's what's going on. And it's just literally woodland around us and a big lake. And it's he's got it all on video for us. So it's, it's beautiful, yeah. Oh, how oh. lovely is that? Can I just tell you, because that makes me laugh, because Martin, he had the ring for a year because he was obviously too scared to ask me. Don't blame oh. him. <laughs> and, and, um, oh. well, <laughs> but when when he did, he asked this lady, this random woman, and said, will you, uh, can you just film this, please, um, uh, on, your, on my phone, uh, you know, because I'm going to propose just now. Of course, he does a proposal and she didn't press... Record. Oh no, bless her. Bless him. Oh, so at least, him. yeah, long live the drone. They're probably much more <laughs> efficient. See, back in the day, some old cranky iPhone never happened. <laughs> the only thing with it that's, that we look back and laugh, it's quite funny, is I was holding a poo bag <laughs> when he asked me. And I just I just pop it down on the bench and then put my hands to my face. And I said, Oh, I put my hands to my face in shock. And I was holding a poo bag. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's glam, all the glam. Oh. It is though, isn't it? It's just like you said before, it's just um controlled chaos now, isn't it? Yeah. Life in general, everything, yeah. every scenario, you know, and I think with people like you, people expect everything to be so perfect and beautiful and you know, and actually, but you're oh, very real. You're very real, I yeah. think, which is the appeal. She has the appeal of real. Yeah, I mean, we love that about you. When you had Mia as well, I think you did a fantastic job. No, you did do a fantastic job on social media. Media with how mm. you pr- talked about becoming a mum and the mm. real side of it. And I I love that because people are very frightened to do that, especially when they're very well known, understandably so, because there's so much pressure to have this perfect look. And mm. you don't fall into that. You sort of, no, no, I'm real. And this is, uh, you know, and your posts about Mia and feeding and, you know, no sleep and all that, they were just so, they were gritty. And mm. I, I think, Women look at that and they think, oh, that's so good to see, which is really important because there isn't enough of it because it's not perfect, is it? No. You know? And it's kind of, I always think it's like when I was pregnant, everyone used to say to me, oh, I can't wait to see your post baby body snap back. You'll snap back so quickly. Mm. And it was something that I hadn't really thought about because I thought like, but well, your body doesn't go anywhere when you're pregnant. It just changes. And people mm. say, oh, you got your body back. 
Yeah. Like, it didn't go anywhere. It just adapted to I was because I was lucky enough to grow a little human, which yeah. many women are deprived of, you know, and it's something I don't think there should be any shame in the changes that your body makes. And when I had Mia, I think I put on around, it was about three and a half stone. And I remember the, all the scans that were saying, oh, she's a big baby. And I was like, well, clearly, because look at me. <laughs> and then when she came out, she was four pounds 10. And I was like, wow, wow she's tiny tiny baby and pizza that was literally <laughs> what it was um so I didn't even start exercising until I was around I think 15 16 weeks because it wasn't it wasn't in my head to do that it wasn't kind of in my head to look a certain way for strangers on Instagram it was kind of everything was about this little girl and giving her you know milk and comfort and love and just it was all about her not about me and then when I did start training again, I think it took me, it was a good eight, nine months before I was feeling back to normal. And that's the emphasis on the word feeling. He kind of, I think people lose weight or it's quite quick after pregnancy sometimes, but they don't feel great. And it's because of the pressure they've put on themselves to try and look good. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I can look anyway, but if I don't feel good, I think what's the point? You know, if I'm not eating right and fueling my body and, and moving, I don't care what size I am. If I'm going home feeling shitty every night, what's the point in it anyway? Yeah, it's kind of fake, isn't it? On yeah. the outside and then inside, you're just a different person. And yeah. it's just, it is fake. And there's a lot of that going around. Well, there's a lot of these pills and potions. I mean, I have a real issue with that, you know, drink this shake and, you know, you'll be great. Look at me. I lost six. And I just shake my head because I think it's not long term. You've got to, you know, your food is your life. It's everything. Mm. Your food is your medicine. That's I live by that. You know, you don't want medicine to become your food. So your nutrition is so important. And I think, you know, you're right. You take your time with it and you look after yourself and you gradually start to feel a bit more normal. Because the last thing any new mum wants to do is diet. I think it's not fair. I mean, I always think an athlete will fuel and train. They won't diet and exercise. And there's a difference. And that's how I, I see it. I see it's fueling my body. And when it comes to my, what I'd say to myself, I'm at this phase now, I would never say anything to myself that I wouldn't say to Mia. Like I wouldn't look in the mirror and go, oh, look at them stretch marks. Oh, look at your cellulite on your legs. And then you got a roll. I would never dream of saying that to my daughter ever. So I thought I'm not going to say anything like that to myself because she's going to be, you know, they rub off on yeah. you, don't they, children? And Oh, absolutely. Every step of the way, like you yeah. said, and it's the things they see, like you mm. say as well. And a lot of times you don't, you forget, like they see everything. They yeah. might not look like they do, but they they really do. They, they do. take it all in, you know, and that's a different discipline as a mum to sort of um, adjust to as well because, you have got to be really aware all the time what, yeah. you, what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're doing it and how you're coming across, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a job in itself, I think. Because obviously I've only got a, Mia, my, my sister's got two boys and a girl hmm. and she's kind of with the lads. She said it's more, she said the, the lads were nightmare babies, perfect teenagers. She said that with the girl, it's a reverse, perfect baby, teenager, whoa. You know, because right. of the hormones and stuff. Yeah. And she said she's more worried about her daughter going out and drinking and stuff than the yeah. lads. Because mm. yeah. I get that. Things that happen. And, I, and she said, oh, my one fear, which Rob, my brother-in-law, he said it will happen because it happens to every lad, every boy. She said, my fear is them coming home with cuts and bruises and 
them getting into fights and, you know, or school ringing saying they've had a fight, whatever. And Rob said they will at one point, whether it's out drinking with the lads when they're older, whatever, it will happen. And she said, that's my only fear with the lads mm. is them coming home having been beaten up by another group of lads. And I'm like, that's so extreme. And she said, no, if you have a boy, she said, you'd understand. It's awful. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I do. It's because you have different concerns over them at, at different stages, I think. And she's right in saying that. I think with, with Heath, he's sort of, he's younger than Ava Lily, obviously he's three and a half, but he stands up for her. So if they were in a playground and someone was mean to her, oh, it'd be him that went for them. Not her. She wouldn't yeah. um, fly. If someone said something nasty to her, she'd just walk away. You know, whereas he, I think he would nut him one. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit like, come on then, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh my God. So I get that. I do. Yeah. yeah. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. Let us quickly tell you about our friends at Swan. They're a British homeware company who this year are celebrating their 90th birthday. All Swan's products are designed with Instagram in mind, combining beautifully aesthetic designs with superb functionality and none more so than their new stealth range. Sleek, streamlined and stylish, the stealth range featuring kettles, toasters, microwaves and more is ideal for parents like you, thanks to its fast, responsive and effortless technology and its all-black matte finish, which makes this collection the ideal way to transform your kitchen into a truly modern space, just in time for summer. Don't forget, you can get 20% off Swan's gorgeous products if you head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan, designed for life. But it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, everybody, you know, every scenario is different. Every child's different. Every parent brings their kids up differently. But do you sort of, do you go to your mum? Is she a go-to for you, um, you know, mm. when it comes to all those sort of anxieties and those worries about bringing yeah. kids up? She's my, she was my go-to with um, Mia the first time she was poorly. It was my mum who said, right. take her. If you're not comfortable, take her. Yeah. And it turned out she was just constipated. She needed a pig. Right. But in my head, it was like all this. I was like, there's something wrong with her. She's crying and she's bringing her knees up and she won't stop crying. And I was like, well, it's probably just wind or a bit of colic. Try this, try that. Nothing happened. And then she said, take her to the doctor's. And the doctor said, oh, yeah, she just constipated. That's all it was. And then I was embarrassed about, I said to my mum, as if I've wasted his time. And she said to me, when it comes to your children, it's never a waste of time. She said, you have to be her voice now, Gemma, for everything. Anything you're concerned about, anything you think they've missed, ask and ask again. She said, because you'll never regret asking too much about your child. What you will regret is not doing enough. And then God forbid something bad happening. She said, so you're Mia's voice until she's 18. She said, she'll yeah. probably try and say you're not from 13 onwards. She <laughs> said, but until she's 18, you are. So, you know, you have to ask the questions. And since then, when she was at the doctor's the other week for a bit of croup and he was telling me and I kept saying, so this, this is fine. This doesn't need doing. And I was overly like conversational with him. And when I come out, I felt so proud because I had her in my arms and I thought, I've just stuck up for you so much when previously I would have just gone, okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. But I was like, no, this is her health. I need answers. And also that that passes on, like we say, um, with how much they they take in about how you are, because the next phase, and I and I I think I've put this out a few times on my social media, is you know, you always encourage your kids to ask questions, always. Yeah, definitely. You know? 
always because you know they are fed so much info and it's almost in society in this day and age you you're not there's no debate there's not enough debate anymore you know like when I was a kid we had debating society and all sorts going on and you know we discuss a lot more because we didn't have all these gadgets which made us really insular so I'm always like listen if you think that you ask a question you go face to face to someone you ask them yeah you, you know, won't know if you never ask question question things you know, yeah. that's that's one of the most important things I think about growing up in the world we are today. Question everything. My sister does something with her kids. I mean, I say the kids, they're, they're all grown up now. The youngest is 17, but they used to, when they used to sit down at dinner, she used to say to them, oh, what's been the best and worst part of your day? And she said that started so many conversations. Yeah. Well, like the best part was got a, a gold star in school. The worst part was that daddy's work late. And she said she'd pick up on things like if he'd worked late quite a few times, they'd know tonight he needs to come home because it's been the worst part of a day for a few days now. So little things like that, I think, start good good conversations with them. It starts as a little game. They go around the table, but it leads to so much more. That's a great idea. How did you feel about putting her into nursery? Because I remember... With Ava, you know, first time, I just cried. It was hard. Second with Heath, there you go, take him. God, I need a break. (laughs) I've got two now. But that first time, it's a big thing, isn't it? Because everything. So what was, did you cry? Did you think, I'm okay? How did it feel? I did okay till I got home. And then I cried when I got home because I went in a room to do some tidying. And I even smelt her clothes, which is ridiculous. Smelt her pyjamas that she'd slept in. I was like, she's only down the road. You can literally throw a stone (laughs) to a nursery. But no, it was kind of, again, I went to my mum and my mum said, we put you in nursery. And she said, you cried your eyes out. And she said, 10 minutes later, I came back and looked through the window. You were sat in a sandpit, happy as Larry. Mm. She said she will probably cry, but it's all beneficial for her. She said it's great for her immune system. She said, because she'll pick up every bug going, which you want at that age. Great for socialization and, and trusting other people and, you know, boundaries. And it's, her speech came on like yeah. overnight with nursery. It's so quick it yeah, came yeah. on. And yeah. I love her coming home now telling me about her little friends. She's got a little friend called there's Theo, Musa, Eloise, and Mia. The four. I love all the names. Don't yeah. you just love it? It's got, Brilliant. Come on, tell me all the names because I'm like, wow, that is so where are these names coming from? You know. <laughs> Come on, so much from it. Yeah. She yeah. really has. And she goes three times a week. And I kind of I thought on them three days, I'll get loads done. I'll do everything. But half the time I'm like, I come home and I just think, I just want a brew in peace. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a bit of Netflix. I'm going to yeah. treat myself, put my feet up for an hour. Yeah. I know, and yeah. I'll say to Gorka at the weekend, we need to do some tidying, don't we? And he goes, well, what have we done on the three days? Me as at this rest of, well, we've watched that. Take digestives and worked. Nothing <laughs> That's quite funny. Chris says that to me all the time. He's like, what have you done today? And I'm like, right, think of something that sounds like I've actually yeah. done something. Clean the in fridge the house. out. Yeah. <laughs> and I just make things up. <laughs> but her, uh, so I, I was trying to work it out. So Mia, really, she's been in during lockdown. It's been like quite a lot of her her lifetime, hasn't it? Because it was if she's two. So what, about six months, really, she's. She wasn't in a kind of lockdown scenario. Yeah, she started nursery in the November of lockdown when it started easing. Right, so she's been okay. Nursery since November. Right, okay. And it's, yeah. I do think if it hadn't have been for nursery, mm. now things are coming out, she'd be so shy and timid. Yeah. And she would have had no interaction other than mm. family. 
Yeah. It's, it's great for them to be around other kids. And it's actually, it's made us, I mean, we, we've, we've said we would touch wood if we were able, we would love a sibling for her when she's around, you know, three or four, but being at nursery has highlighted it even more because when you go and collect them and you see them playing together and it's just, just you know, it's, yeah. And I think it's more prevalent now because everyone has been separated and isolated mm. for so long. So now you really see how important it is, yeah. you know, and even mum banter in the playground or, you know, pick yeah. up and that, you you know, all that went. And that was a huge thing for a lot of mums. Yeah. You know, especially sort of early doors when you're, you're just getting used to being a mum. Those, those moments when you used to go and pick up at nursery or, you know, primary school were really important. And that's where you got your little network, you, you know, your motherhood from. So I was really worried. I thought, gosh, all these mums now, and they haven't got that. And the no. kids haven't either. So it's good that she got back. And well, she started in, in, in November then. And, you know, she sort of set up. What I love about the, the drop-offs and pickups is <laughs> I'm, I'm yet to do a drop-off where I've got, cleanly washed hair sometimes I'm just kind of I've got my trackies on over my pajamas and I'll go down and every other mum is the same even the dads and it's brilliant I've not I seen like one drop, I've not seen one drop off where they've looked pristine and I think that yeah this is this is parents we that's love, so we interesting that but that I reckon right because I was thinking about this last week um I went to go and get Polly Cheshire's not a great example is it right so I live in the heart <laughs> yes. of Cheshire right and I was like oh, wow look at her handbag and her shoes match her handbag and she's just been, she's got her lashes done wow and she was just picking her daughter up from the bus stop right and she was hobbling across the road in these I mean they were lovely shoes but come on what's wrong with an UGG yeah Yeah. but I thought over the past year and a half of course nobody's been dressing up have they because I used to get a lot of dressed up mums at my school right but that's all gone because everyone's been in uh got the old trackies on got the Gemma trackies on yeah got used to it and I'm like oh it's a nightmare though because I don't think most mums the majority of mums don't have time for all that to put the makeup on and do you know like Denise Welch do you remember she she said I was on about this to her I was like oh god the school run because in Manchester when I was living in Manchester I used to feel quite a lot of pressure when Ava mm. was at nursery a lot of the mums were really glammed up there was one that dressed her kid in clothes that were like her shoes were 300 quid this was for mm. nursery oh, wow. and then there was an actress that went there who was lovely but she was always head to toe perfect so I always and I remember saying when we were doing a podcast and she said but tell me Kelly who is the school run what what is dressing up for the school run who's it for and Mm -hmm. I thought yeah I don't give a damn no. You know, I've just got to get to school, haven't I? You yeah, know, yeah. and say hello to a few people. Well, it is to pick the kids up, to be fair. I have to have a word, Denise. I mean, it's an out-of-order question, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, there's not just random women there all dressed up saying, no, I haven't got any kids. I just want to show you what I bought today. <laughs> <laughs> that pressure, isn't no. it? Imagine, like, being the only one, though, that you're in your, you know, yeah. comforts. Because yeah. I'm the same. I love my gym wear, my trainers. I live in it. And then, you know, and then if you go to the gates and everyone's, like, head-to-toe glam, I'd mm-hmm. die. And especially now, I mean, I, I used to think, well, maybe they're, they're going to work straight after. But now so many people are working from home. I think that even like you say, it's even more so of a reason to not. I went out with the girls at the weekend, first night out since, well, you know, over a year. To and put shoes hair, on, like proper shoes. Proper <laughs> shoes. I had my hair and makeup done and go. Oh. He said, 
the last time I saw you like that was when we did Strictly. <laughs> he said, I love how when you're going out for a girls' night, you make all yeah. this effort. He said, but we celebrated our anniversary not long ago. He said, no, nothing, no makeup, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> No, but that's because I, I bet he says, I love you as, you know, you're natural. You don't yeah. need makeup, which is a lovely like thing. Well, you don't either. Oh, but, oh, gosh. No, you don't. You, uh, yeah, you're oh. awesome. I just, uh, I just love your attitude. I really do. I thought if I was young, I'd want to be like her. <laughs> I see her walking in and out of the uh, radio station sometimes. I'm like, look how cool she is. And I'm tottering away, try, trying far too hard. I'm like, oh, I'd just be like Gemma. Everyone says that about you as well. That's oh, a, yeah. She she makes it look easy. Jenny walks past our studio. Our producer's the first one to tell me, Jenny's been in today. <laughs> <laughs> the first one to tell me. Even worse, tell me all the time. It's probably because he's about 60 years old. No. Oh, it's so funny. I've signed up for this cameo thing, you know, where you get paid to send messages. Yes. You've got to earn a living. Of course. You're inundated. You wouldn't be able to. You've got you, a hustle. But I've noticed it's all, oh, my brother's 67 today. And uh, would you give him, would you send him a message? Oh, my dad's 75 today. And I'm like, oh, God, please. But anyway, no, I just, uh, no, but I do. I have to make an effort, if I'm honest. You do always look for. No. I just love, I just love the way that uh, Kelly, she has the most, she is the perfect hot mess mum, aren't you? I don't know about perfect. I just don't give a shit. No, I love that. You see. <laughs> I'm in awe of that attitude. You see, when yeah. I remember I like that, well, Gemma was working for Chris and I was over yeah. at Leeds and we were both doing breakfast radio and I would never wear makeup or put anything. I'd come in in my super dry joggers and, mm. you know, my T-shirt at four in the morning, four in the morning, my Uggs mm. and my bosses, they hated it. They used to this. They're not there anymore. They, they were from Australia and they used to just be like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you need to come in like the newsreader. The newsreader looked like she was going on Sky TV. Heels oh, like this, make up and hair or you know she was glam glam and I said couldn't give a shit I've got a two and a half year old um I drive 45 minutes in on country roads that aren't passable and I'm here at 4 a.m I'm coming in my my comfy yeah, gear you know that's what I used yeah. to do I used yeah. to go into, that was that for me when I started working in radio that for me was a, a peak yeah. because after I'm doing so much telly yeah and you have to have your hair and makeup done and you mm. have to be glad my hair had so much back combing and your foundation and I hated it but it was radio. I was like, hang on a minute. No one sees me now. No. I can just, I don't have to do yeah. any of that. And it's great. And yeah. you can just work on what, you know, what you're doing as well. Yeah. Think more, you know, you spend your time prepping for, for what you're doing rather than yeah. how you're looking. But yeah. um, so Which, strictly for you must have been, was that good or bad to get dressed up and, and do all that in as well? It was great to experience it all. I mean, I had my first ever spray tan on Strictly. Awesome. See? First for everything It was odd I kind of I'm not really Into loads of foundation And stuff like mm. that I've never And again My mum never used to Let me wear makeup She used to say if you, The earlier you start Wearing it The longer you'll Need to wear it for And it'll clog your skin And this and that So The whole Back combing of hair I mean they wear A lot of wigs now On Strictly Because so much hair Is ruined With the amount of spray And yeah. stuff Because we do a full on Rehearsal on Friday Dress like hair and makeup Rehearsal on Friday Saturday you do the show anyway And then you do the show live So you'd have yeah. all day Saturday And all day Friday Covered in makeup Thick makeup <laughs> Yeah So it, it was kind of It was nice to just get it all off And I always used to try it on a Sunday Some of the coconut oil on 
you know, yeah. everything. I'd get the train back to Manchester with coconut oil in my hair and people would look at me as if to say, I'm sure you looked semi-fit on telly last night and actually looked hanging. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't want to do it full full time. No, I think that you you mentioned on, I don't know whether it's true about the uh, doing sort of like country file or something or sort of wild. Yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah. And I know well, you've got a huge love for animals, Yeah, but I could see you doing that. I really could. Sit me in a pair of wellies and a parka, I'll be happy, and a beanie. Yeah. Um, that for me is perfect. <laughs> we um we had Sarah Jane Dunn on last week recording with us. Oh, and we nice. Well, we asked her, you know, who's the kind of your inspirational women, women you love and look up to? And she said, Gemma Atkinson. She, oh, I love Sarah. A friend mm. of mine, but she said, I love her for her fitness and how real she is. And yeah, it was really lovely what she said about you. Sarah's another one. When I joined Hollyoaks, she'd already been there and when I when I got a part in the show, all my male mates were like, "Oh, you're gonna get to work with Mandy, who was Sarah," and all yeah. the girls were like, "Oh, you'll meet Luke, Gary, Lucy." Yeah. And when I met Sarah, she was in a costume for Hollyoaks, and she was, I mean, she's gorgeous, and she had all her hair and makeup done. And I thought, oh no, and I was only like 15 in my school uniform, like looking like mm. you know just a 15 year old girl would, and I did start to feel a bit, oh no, I don't look like any of them. Like, is this gonna be? bright for me type thing mm. and then when it had finished she took all her makeup off and she put a trackies on and a rugs and we uh. walked to the car park <laughs> together and she was just so nice and normal and I yeah. thought that's it she's just it's just work and away mm. from work people are you know well some people a lot of people are very different some are the same we won't name names um <laughs> but it, 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 it was just nice that she was just an you know a normal girl and I didn't need to feel threatened or anything because I didn't look like them or wasn't as slim as them or anything like that it was it was just lovely and early days well I think when you're you know in your teens and you you're in this profession you start off then it's it's sort of so important isn't it who you who you work with and who you see as role models then, you know, because mm. it could go either way, couldn't it? Because that is the time when you are so impressionable, you know, and you're taking everything on board and absorbing all this information. Um, and, you know, you could have easily, I don't know, you know, been working with some quite vile and awful yeah. and thinking, all right, well, you know, that's the way I've got to be. And, and even sort of behaviour wise, you know, and uh, on set, et cetera, it's, um, and now you're doing it for other people. You know, you're setting the example. Um, and I think that's that's something that's few and far between. Well, it's kind of a lot of people who I've worked with, who I got on with, I've gone on to do other things. People who I genuinely, who were nice people, yeah. are still doing things today. And the people who weren't so nice to yeah. cast or crew, you don't really hear of them. And you think talent gets you so far obviously brilliant but being a nice person gets you further because the industry is so small and people don't want to work with a dickhead when they can work with someone who's talented and just lovely <laughs> and you word know? gets around doesn't it yeah it definitely does. it does yeah, so, so I just think you have to be just nice to everybody because hopefully you don't have to be kind of in in comparison or in competition with everyone there's a there's enough room for everyone to be great at what they do and for yeah. everyone to enjoy it and be nice about it <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to have to round this up soon. We've had no. you through that. Ah, I know. Right. Uh, before you go, second fitness book is out this year, isn't it, Gemma? It's coming out in April. 
Next year, yeah. We, um, we've got the shoot for it actually. In in three weeks, we're shooting. We should have done the photo shoot back last year for it to be released at Christmas, but we couldn't get the crew and everyone up, and the gyms yeah. were closed, so we we couldn't do it. But again, I think it's great because it gave me more time to prep for it. So that's mm-hmm. the silver lining. So yeah, the yeah. shoot's in June, and the book will be out in April. Lovely. Oh, I'm going to get that. And also, I think we should have our own line of Uggs. I've just told <laughs> got my Ugg. I think if we can come up with a new, because they really are knackered. You've got marks on them. Yeah, they're just, uh, all right. So I'm going to do the school run with those on. Great. Yeah, in honour of our chat today. (laughs) Keeping it real. Actually, it's half term, so I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. (laughs) Before you go, do you have a hot mess mum moment? You know, one of those moments with Mia where you're like, oh my God, this happened, disaster. I've had it where... Early on, my nipple leaked in Tesco when I didn't have my pads on. So I was walking around and it was it was like August. So it was quite warm. So I had like a vest top on uh, and just milk patches. Mm-hmm. Uh, she projectile vomited in a garden centre once, which was mm-hmm. fabulous. Yeah, it was near the canteen. Near the canteen. Nice. Oh, nice. People were having lunch. Good oh. shot. Yeah. And yeah, Joe, we've got a builder in Joe at the minute, and she's obsessed with poo poo at the minute. Again, with the potty training, she always says to him, Joe, poo poo, you poo pooed. And he has to explain to her, Yes, I have had a poo. It's normal. Yes, every day. <laughs> have you had a poo poo, Joe? And I, I said to him, You don't have to, t-, you know, and he says, No, but I have. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with her. I have. I've done a poo this morning. Oh, thanks. But well, yeah, just, uh, was it in my toilet? Yeah, yeah, so as long as it was in the portal outside yeah. and not out I was in the line. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's oh, been a joy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and thanks, Gemma. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Thanks to Swan for sponsoring this episode. And don't forget to check out their new stealth range to give your kitchen a modern, stylish makeover. To see more of Swan's products, head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code Hot Mess Mums 20 for 20% off. Hold up. 